Good morning, Asbury. The tad height there. Yeah, I, I'm Lee Stockseth, and I would just like to reiterate what uh, Tad said. Um, we'll take volunteers for the for all day during VBS, but if we could get six or eight folks for about an hour from nine o'clock or twelve o'clock, helps get everybody loaded in and get get everybody out. It, it really helps a lot. So I think you'll find it hugely rewarding, and you really get to see uh, what Asbury does for its outreach. So anyway, with that, um, today's reading comes from. Uh, the book of Psalm, uh, uh, all of chapter 88. Lord, you're the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all of your waves. You have taken me from my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness and destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From, from my youth, I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and I am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken, me, you've taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My name is Tom Tarver. I am the lead pastor here at uh, Asbury and Corpus Christi, and uh, along with uh, Pastor Trudy Paul, whom you'll be hearing from in, in a little bit, uh, we are the pastoral staff here at Asbury. Um, this is, of course, uh, Memorial Weekend, and tomorrow is Memorial Day. It's a, a day uh, where, or a weekend, a day. Uh, where we uh, we honor those who have uh, sacrificed their lives uh, for our nation. It's also a time when we often uh, reflect on those who've passed on uh, over the past year. Uh, and uh, today we're going to kind of look at losses, but uh, I want to do that through first the lens of Scripture and then uh, through the lens of another culture and then get into some specific questions that deal with losses we may have experienced uh, uh, this uh, past year, uh, and I would even extend it to the last 18 months because certainly this has been a time when, uh, when we've gone through some challenges, to say the least, as, uh, as uh, individuals, as a nation, as a world. So let me begin with kind of the setting uh, of uh, the story in in. Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, and at, toward the end of the Bible, uh, Jacob, the patriarch of, uh, of the family, uh, has, uh, 
has grown uh, old and he knows his uh, days are numbered and so he calls in first his, his, uh, his uh, favored son who was the 11th of 12, Joseph, and Joseph brings his uh, son. So Jacob blesses uh, Joseph and, his, and, and he uh, blesses also uh, jo- Joseph's sons. And, uh, and then uh, uh, in a, a bit later, he uh, calls in all 12 sons and blesses all of his sons. And, uh, and after that, he breathes his last and he uh, checks out of this world and checks into the world beyond. And, uh, and uh, then we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 50, verse 1. And the Egyptians mourned for Jacob 70 days. Now, uh, it's interesting because uh, Jacob's uh, other name, uh, he was renamed by God and called Israel, which means uh, one who wrestles with God. And of course, today, the, the nation of Israel uh, derives its name from the patriarch Jacob, also called Israel. And, uh, and, and yet we're reading the Egyptians mourn for Jacob. And the, and the reason for that is that Joseph had risen to a position of great power and influence, the favored son, and, uh, and when he lost his father, the nation uh, grieved and, and joined with that family in grieving. And they were also preparing the body of, uh, of Jacob for burial. When those, uh, when th- those uh, uh, preparations were completed, then we pick up the story again where it says in verses 7 and 10, So Joseph went up to bury his father Jacob. When they reached the threshing floor of Atad near the Jordan, they lamented loudly and bitterly, and there Joseph observed a seven-day period of mourning for his father. So we have 70 days of mourning in, uh, in Egypt, and then we have seven additional days in the land of Canaan, and, and, and there was uh, at least 77 days, uh, and, uh, and of course there were probably several days of traveling between the two nations and the two areas, but uh, what we're talking about is an extended period of grief, of recognizing loss, and, uh, and this was uh, very typical uh, in that time and in that uh, culture and those cultures, uh, that uh, an extensive time of mourning would happen. Now, on the other hand, uh, we as uh, as uh, uh, Mer- Americans and also as Westerners kind of move uh, that whole grief process kind of into a corner, and we try to rush through that. Uh, we lose someone, and uh, and uh, and I know I remember. In my mind, this is as a pastor, but also as a son who, uh, whose mother had just passed away on October 29th. And so the son was grieving, but the pastor was thinking ahead to, okay, so two or three days, uh, oh my goodness, Halloween. Let's not have my mother's memorial service on Halloween. And, and of course, we did not. We actually had it on Sunday, November 1st, All Saints Day. But, you know, I, I know that when there's a death in, uh, in the, the family, uh, that we immediately uh, make plans to, to within, within the week, and this is, of course, pre-COVID, to have the service. Now, COVID has changed everything, and we've kind of 
realigned how our schedule goes. But uh, in, in uh, Joseph's day and time, he grieved and continued to grieve for an extended period of time. Then we, um, then we move into a, a, a different culture. In, in this case, uh, uh, we re- we'll move into the Russian culture in, in the, 90s, uh, the late 90s, uh, uh, from 95 to uh, 2000. Uh, Ellen, Daniel, and I, uh, either we were living in Russia or we were preparing to return to Russia. And so Russia was really home for us for about six years. And uh, during that time, we experienced a, a, a wide range of uh, experiences within the Russian culture. And, and one of those uh, things that we experienced was how Russians grieve. Uh, one of the first memories of, uh, of that was when we were living in our first apartment and, uh, and we heard music uh, coming uh, from outside. It was live music and it was the slowest, saddest music we had ever heard. And, and having lived in Russia for six years, I can tell you, Russians do sad very well. And, and this, like I said, was slow, sad music. And uh, we were curious as to what was going on. And so we moved to the balcony and we looked down. It, uh, it was a, a beautiful sunny day. The, the weather was very nice. And, and what we saw down there was a bus, an old military bus, about two-thirds the size of a full-size bus. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm thinking the back end must have been open because I remember seeing the casket at the back end, and behind the, the bus, there were four or five musicians, and, uh, and uh, certainly the instruments that I, I recall for certain were trumpet and tuba, and, and the other instruments, I don't recall. But that was our first experience of what it would look like for a funeral march, uh, and this was happening in our neighborhood. Um, and then the second uh, experience was when someone uh, died and uh, they were connected with our friend Tanya. I don't remember if it was her grandmother, uh, a great aunt. I just know it was an older woman and we attended uh, the, the funeral service, which was not a church service. It was not religious in, in, in any way. It was held at a, at a school in a, in a lecture hall, a small lecture hall. Uh, we were, as I remember, in chairs in a s- semicircle. Someone spoke from the front when it was all over. Uh, you know, then we moved to the cemetery, and at the cemetery, uh, I, there may have been a few words sa- said, but the the main thing that I remember about that is when it was all over, everyone was asked to take a a handful of dirt and then throw it into the grave, and that was our experience of uh, of, of a Russian. Uh, funeral uh, process. And, and the thing about uh, uh, Russia is, just like us, when someone dies, they uh, make arrangements in a short amount of time to have the service and the burial. But unlike us, they have a formal period of, of grieving, and it lasts 40 days. And, uh, and, and Behind that is the belief that the soul remains on, on earth for 40 days. And, uh, and so, you know, if I died and I'm Russian, 
uh, you would want me to know that I'm remembered and loved, and so you would gather on occasion several times over a period of 40 days to say, we remember you, Tom, we love you. And that's how the Russians uh, handled grief. Now, the title of this message is Good Grief, and it's this recognition that that grief is a part of the life process. It's not, it's not something we put in the corner and say, we'll get to you later, or we'll forget about you. It, it is a part of life. Uh, again, coming to Psalm 88. Uh, in Psalm 88, the psalmist is talking about this deep, deep experience of grief, this sense of God, where are you? Uh, and and that, that last line uh, Darkness has become my closest friend. I mean, this person is taking us to the depths. And he's literally saying, it's the pits, over and over again. And, and when we look at the, the breadth of all of the Psalms, 150, what we see is uh, early on lament and grief uh, coming to us over and over in different ways. And, and it's moving toward, uh, to, toward praise. And it's almost like we're in the dark and gradually moving toward the light. But the thing about that is the Psalms uh, express the fullness of life on this earth. There are dark, difficult moments in our lives, but there are also joys and and. and more time is spent in the dark than in the light when it comes to the Psalms. So, so it is appropriate for us to process the last 18 months and the things that we have lost. And to, in order to do that, you have a, a, a notebook, that, and that is your notebook. Uh, you can doodle in it uh, if you want. Uh, you, can, you can write in it if you want. Uh, uh, you can take it with you. Uh, certainly if you uh, write certain things in it and, uh, and then leave it, you know, I'll be glad to read all of that. But, uh, but really you should remember and take it with you. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to process four questions this morning dealing with loss. And taking this time really just to slow down. Now... I'm going to give you the questions, and I, I want to encourage you to go ahead and write those, those questions down. Whether you spend time answering them just yet, uh, that's up to you. But in this process, I'm going to give you, again, four questions. And so let's start with the very first question. What have we lost? What have we lost? And certainly, you know, some of us have lost friends and family members in the past year, year and a half. But there are other losses that we've experienced. Uh, some of those are small uh, losses. And, and let me give you an example of, of, uh, of a, what I would say in the scheme of things, a small loss, although it wasn't to the person who lost it. Uh, I was walking my dog and, uh, in the last, I think it was about three or four months ago. It may have been half a year ago. But in the past year, I was walking Penny, and as, as often happens when I walk, I find interesting things. 
including money. And in this particular case, I looked down and there was a $100 bill in the street. And, uh, and I picked it up. And I'll tell you, my first thought was not, oh, wow, $100. My first thought was, there is no way I can get this to the person it belongs to. Uh, and, 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 and I recognize, uh, even though uh, $100 was a good thing to, to have, it also, I recognized that night someone was discovering and grieving this loss. Some of the things that we experience uh, uh, in loss and grief, uh, we, we experience them secretly and silently. We, we find it difficult to share those, those losses with other people. Uh, other times, uh, we uh, discover <laughs> secret and silent losses in surprising ways. For example, a friend of mine uh, went to the pharmacy, which he had you know, regularly done because it was just one of those uh, every month or every three months uh, there were certain medications she was to, to pick up and to take. And so she got to the pharmacy and, uh, and uh, picked up her medications. And then she went to pay for them. And when they told her how much it cost, it was the full amount of, uh, of the medications. And, and she goes, well, uh, what about my insurance? And they said, well, you don't have insurance. And it was in that moment that she had discovered she no longer had a job, just no one had told her. And so there are things that we have lost. We've lost them as a, as a church. The, there was five months of, uh, of uh, no in-person worship. There was, uh, you know, months and months and months until recently we were all masked, uh, you know, I remember meeting you, Jessica, for the first time without a mask, and I had no idea who you were, and, you, and I asked you, how long have you been here? And you said, since September. This, is, this was at, uh, right before Easter, and, uh, and, and, and uh, that was the first time I had seen you without a mask. You know, we've, we've spent an in, almost an entire year, and new people have come and, uh, during that time, and we've never even, we hadn't even seen their face. We lost a lot of things this year. What have we lost? The second question is, where do we see God? Where do we see God in the loss? And there's really a, a broad spectrum of responses to this question. Uh, when we go to Psalm 88, and we think about what this person is saying, he's, he's expressing deep, Grief and a sense of loss. I don't have friends. I don't have neighbors. Uh, you've taken all of these things away. And, and you get the sense of uh, that God is distant. He would say, I'm, I'm not seeing God at all. Even Jesus, at one point, he's on the cross and he has experienced the loss of innocence. Because in that moment, he had taken the sins of the world uh, on him, and he was no longer an innocent man because he was guilty 
of all that you and I have ever done. And that's the moment he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because there was a sense that God was at a, a, had, had departed and was no longer present in his life. And so one of the things that uh, during this time of loss, when we say, where is God? I'm not sure. But there are others of us who will say, I've been surprised at where I found God. Last week we looked at uh, the prophet Ezekiel who uh, brought us this, this wonderful vision of death becoming life uh, and, and the, the vision of the valley of dry bones. But in chapter 1, we meet uh, Ezekiel who is initially just being called to be a, a prophet and to bring God's message. And, and this was the situation in Ezekiel's life. He was the son of a priest. And the son of a priest, he was going to be a priest. And he was going to serve in the temple. And so he had a future for him. He knew what his future was going to be. But when we find Ezekiel in the opening chapter, he is not in Jerusalem. He is not near the temple. He is in a foreign land called Babylon. He is a a captive And the city that he called home has been destroyed. And the possibility of returning and being a priest in the temple, it would never happen in his lifetime because the temple was gone. And it's in that place where we read in this foreign land under these difficult situations where Ezekiel said, I saw the glory of the Lord. Where do we see God in the loss? What have we learned through loss? What have we learned through loss? You know, I think about this uh, in, in, along two lines. First of all, uh, like I said, we lost in-person and, and personable uh, uh, worship for a period of about five months. And, uh, and during that time, we learned to uh, connect in new ways. Uh, we learned uh, new words, or at least new uses for words like Zoom. You know, as a kid, Zoom meant that something went by fast. As an adult, I'm learning Zoom is something you're going, oh, come on, come on. Uh, <laughs> but we, we, we learned how to connect in ways that we hadn't connected before. We learned to do uh, online services and uh, to have an online presence. We learned how we could connect with people in Arizona and Mississippi and uh, and Wisconsin and uh, Illinois. These are places where I specifically can imagine particular people because they've either uh, been friends of mine from Wisconsin or they've been a part of Asbury and moved to those places. And we continue to maintain contact through them. We learned how to do that. The other thing I, I think about is, uh, is just a little over a month ago when my dad pa- passed away, uh, I learned 
where my family was in the grief process and how we process grief and how we make decisions together. I mean, there are five of six kids that are still living, and we were all in this conversation uh, as, we, as Dad was declining, and then after he had, he had uh, passed away. And, and what I found is, although we grieved in different ways, some grieved more deeply and harder than others, that we were in alignment as to what to do step by step because we understood the wishes of my father and we had all heard them and we knew one another. We knew our dad and we knew what the next step was. And I learned how much I trust my brothers and sisters in the process. Fourth question. What has been made possible through the loss? What has been made possible through the loss? I've already touched on that in relation to the church. What's been made possible is, uh, is an extended outreach of ministry uh, and the life of uh, Asbury. Uh, what's been made possible is an online presence and we continue to, to uh, use that. And it's, it's a platform that's not going to go away. Uh, we may get better at it. We may do things a little differently. But it's not, uh, we did that during COVID and now it's going away. We've learned that we do connect with people even through an online uh, worship experience. But um, the other thing, on, uh, on the other side of this, and this especially becomes very personal because several of us have lost parents recently and I understand exactly how it feels for another friend to lose her father because I had lost my father. It, it gives me the ability to connect in a way that I, I didn't have before. It, it, before it was as, a, as kind of somebody standing on the outside looking in, knowing that it hurts, but not knowing how it hurts. But what it has made possible for me is the ability to, to live where others live. It has been a real year of challenge and a real year of loss. And you and I need to take time, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, to remember and to reflect We have lost something, and we have gained something during this time. I want to invite you now to uh, kind of listen openly uh, in prayer, have conversation with God as Pastor Trudy also leads us in a time of prayer. Shall we pray?
a gracious God in this busy world that we create sometimes ourselves. In the midst of grief, trying to find a balance, we're told to hold our heads up, put a smile on our face, and get to the task about the time. We live in a world that's in turmoil now, even though we know you're in charge, at times it does not appear to be. There's useless killings. So many members of families are struggling today, financially, looking for work, but more trying to find direction. And this Memorial Day, Lord, we, we celebrate and also in grief the people all through the ages that have given their life for this country, that we may have the freedoms that we have today. But even more importantly than that, we celebrate Jesus Christ and the suffering on the cross, the shame, the humiliation to take upon the sins of all of us of all time that he can help us to deal with our grief, take away our sin by grace and mercy. No, Lord, we do get so busy, and we think we can do everything on our own. So many times in the grief process, we try to push it off in a compartment, and we don't have to deal with that. We have no one to help us to deal with it, but just to get on with our lives, but we do. Life is full of grief, some more than others, but if we've not experienced large or small, we will. But we have that helpmate in Jesus Christ that wants to come alongside of us. Say, come, share your grief with me. I already know. Unpack it with me. Let me help you deal with it. Let me help you to understand a little more about my love, my compassion, my mercy. Let me help you understand you don't have to stay in the darkness because I am your light. Yes, we have to go through the grief stages. We have to go through grief. But we have Jesus Christ to come alongside. And so many times if we open our hearts, we will recognize that Jesus Christ sent someone to walk that path with us. In other words, another person or persons that means really our Jesus has skin, someone that can reach out and touch us, someone that can talk with us to help us to walk through that time of grief. And yes... It is difficult for us, but as we let go of it, as we let it bubble to the top, and to deal with it, we understand just a little more, Lord, of the love of each other, the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he is to us. The comfort, the compassion, the love that he has for each of us. And as we share in each other's grief, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or as a group or as a nation, we come closer together and unite more with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
And now I would ask you for your response to be after I say something. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Lord, help me not to run from my grief issues that I ask for your help. Your answer is, hear Hear our prayer, prayer, O Lord. Lord. Help me find this part and humble myself and let myself be vulnerable to the things I have written down in a book or to even today that I will write on my heart that I open to you and to others for help. Your response is, hear our prayer. Help me identify. Help me identify the things that I grieve about. Help me not dismiss them how large, how small, because they affect me so much emotionally. You want me to be a whole person, and I can be with your help. And your response is, hear. Hear my prayer. Lord, so many times, even in these modern times, we feel like we're being punished because of the things that happen to us. Help us understand your love overcomes any kind of circumstances and grace and mercy, and you pick us up, hold us dear, and love us, and love us even more dearly when we're going through these hard times. Help me to understand that, and my response is, Hear my prayer, O Lord. And Lord, not finally, but part of it, help me understand that your love, compassion, mercy, grace, forgiveness, and salvation can heal me, can help me start the healing process wherever it is, if I'm just beginning, if I'm in the middle, or if I've gone back to the very beginning again, and you can help me heal to be the person that you want me to be. And your response is, hear my prayer, prayer, Lord. Lord. Now let us say together the prayer that you taught your disciples to say. And we open our hearts today and say it with you and to you as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.